After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is President and Chief Executive Officer of CNJ Telecommunications, Inc., Raynette Tenay. Raynette runs and operates the largest call center in Hawaii. She has fulfilled her double bottom line by providing pro bono call center services to Easter Seals Hawaii and Abilities Unlimited to help them in their fundraising efforts. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Raynette Tenay. Welcome to our show, Raynette. Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about CNJ Telecommunications? CNJ Telecommunications was founded in 1958 by Chris Juarez. She was a widow, which is CNJ. Her husband's name was John. And they were located in a small little office space on Queen Emma Street. And when Auntie Chris, which is what we called her, uh, left the business, she gave the business over to her nephew. And her nephew then became CNJ Answering Service, and it took over the, the whole corner of that Queen Emma Street area. I'm the fourth owner. The third owner was Jim Rosner. We've been expanded from a land system to a PC-based. We moved spaces from Queen Emma to Liliha Street. So things have definitely changed. We went from strict answering service, you know, taking messages to actual dispatching, web-based fulfillment, medical billing services. So we've definitely grown. What made you decide to take over the business and expand it as opposed to taking what you've learned and just start anew with a new branded business? At CNJ, when I first was hired, I was hired as an administrative manager coming from GTE. I worked with Jim's wife, Karen, and she had approached me and asked me if I would be interested in working with them administratively because she and I worked at GTE and she liked my just get it done kind of thing. So we, I said, mm, let me just think about it, you know, going from a large corporation like GTE going to a mom-and-pop local-owned business and it took me about three weeks before I said yeah you know I love the challenge let's go do it and rearranged literally rearranged CNJ where they had no dress code you go to go to the office and women would be in shorts and t-shirt like they were at home you know, and the whole mentality of professionalism stems from how you are, how you propose, you, you know, present yourself. So we changed everything. I streamlined. We had seven managers with seven different departments. The company was so top-heavy. And the call center, well, at, at that time, the answering service employees had nothing. They weren't the beneficiaries of the business. They didn't benefit anything. So 
started brand new. New employee handbook, rules, benefits. Of course, in the state of Hawaii, we have to offer medical, but they had no vacation, no holidays. So you added that stuff in? Well, yeah, with pulling teeth, adding in benefits so that the employees would stay. You know, we had high turnover in the call center, and of course the managers just kept managing, and there was nothing there to manage. How did you end up buying the place? That's pretty much a long story. I had actually been given by Karen and Jim when working there. I had been given 25% of the company as a incentive, I guess you could say to work there and stay. I had gotten rid of four departments because it really did not merit having that many managers. And we had salespeople that we hired from the outside that had absolute no knowledge of what we were capable of doing. So they go out and sell answering service. Oh yeah, we can do that, we can do that. And they come and go. <laughs> the operators would just get stumbled. And of course, then the customer is not happy. So built a rapport with my employees, built my, a rapport with my customers, and just said, you know, why not? Just carry on. And then my children came, and my daughter started work with me in 1990 after I started, and she and I have been working hand, kind of hand in hand. She works with our customer base and our employees. What has the experience been like learning to run a business as opposed to when you used to work in it? Oh, that's an important question. We have a, a term in the what they call the telecommunications industry as owners have a tendency of working on, working in their business and not on where a lot of call center owners actually sit and answer the phone. So they're working in their business and not actually on. Growing CNJ is and has been my most number one priority. Not only the call center side, but other things that we could do like fulfillment and medical billing services for our our doctors that we answer for. So if if we don't expand from just this small room with you know operators, then that's all we're going to be. So now we're on we own a two-story building. We came from a rent where we rented. You know, and I think it's important if we don't if we want to survive especially in Hawaii where everything is so high we need to expand. Our call center has to be able to do more than just answering the phone. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide 
and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. This is Raynette Tenay, President and CEO of CNJ Telecommunications. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with President and Chief Executive Officer of CNJ Telecommunications, Inc., Raynette Tenay. Just so people don't misunderstand, you actually did not have everything handed to you. You've had it kind of hard. Did you want to maybe just talk about some of the tough times that you've been through and why that makes the success today so much more valuable? Well, I came from a very tough, tough childhood. I'm a seventh grade grad from King Intermediate School after being expelled. I had my first baby when I was 14 years old. Met my husband when I was 12. And 12 years old back in 1969, you know, it not something that you heard of. I had actually run away from home when I was nine after being abused and did not know, actually used to have nightmares about things that used to happen even younger than nine. And I had not actually come to fruition or understand that that is actually what happened until after I had all my children. And I have, I love my mother. Don't don't get me wrong, but my mom had her own issues, and that kind of runs in our my ethnic. Now I'm Hawaiian, but everything is kind of high hidden under the the rug. No one wants to talk about it. It's not something that everyone says. Oh yeah, yeah, my daughter was abused by her my ex husband. Uh, you know, it, it's it's just not talked about. And it was to the point where I, when my nightmares happened, I used to ask my mom. I said, you know, I had a really bad dream. And she said, oh, no, don't worry about it. That never happened. To the point where she actually got taken me to the state hospital. And I was nine. And I said, you know, I really believe this happened. And it wasn't until her husband actually tried. He had not abused me but did try and I said I wasn't gonna take it anymore so I ran away from home but my runaway was out of my bedroom window under the house because my, my mom never came never came home at night she was an alcoholic um, she's been clean and sober now for a long time but those were the things that we had to put up with when she never came home so I ran away from under the bed under the my bedroom to my neighbor's house, and before you know it, it was further. I go to my friend's house, down the down across the street, and then someone across the street from the school. And before you know it, I just never came home. And when I got caught, I was, got locked up in detention home, which is not a place for any child, even in today's society, it's not, because it is very abusive very abusive 
and it it hurts, you know. My mom and dad had divorced when I was mm, three. Her second husband, and I don't know if I can say this, um, raped me, and it wasn't until my mom had actually bathed me to find out that I was ripped from front to back and was taken to the hospital at in Kahuku, actually, because that's where we lived. And the doctor there, and I have her name, actually went to see her. And it wasn't until, like I said, I was 21 when my auntie had come home from the mainland. And she had told me, I need to talk to you. She had come home for a funeral. And she and I met the day after we buried my uncle. And she told me the name of the doctor that did the exam at the hospital. You know, for two years she took care of me and it was like, to what two years, you know? It's, yeah, I didn't remember that part. I only remembered the bad. And then, you know, running away from home was my way of not having to deal with that. And the only person, after being caught, going to detention home, getting raped by a broomstick, having a, a lesbian as a, my protector, I was a 100-pound, skinny-bone kid in detention home and in there just for what they called, um, they I forgot the word. Mom said that she just couldn't take care of me. You know, I was just incontrollable. So I stayed there six months, and then I got out, then went back and got out. So it was kind of just back and forth and back and forth. And then finally, the last person I had was my dad that I could go to because I was not going to go back home. And then my dad tried to rape me. And it was, that was, I think, the hardest. So when I had my children, my, I had two children already, and I had not seen my dad since that incident and I refused to let him come and see my kids. You know, I said, no, no, go away. You know, he used to come knocking on the door, you know, wanting to see the children. And I said, no, you were my last hope. Go away. And it wasn't until probably eight months before he died that I let him. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. 
This is Raynette Tenay, President and CEO of CNJ Telecommunications. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with President and Chief Executive Officer of CNJ Telecommunications, Raynette Tenay. Through all the adversity in your life, how were you able to turn it around and to become successful in everything you did? I met my husband, who is Filipino, my mother-in-law. I just love that lady. They were very poor, had nothing, but lots and lots and lots of love. Lots. Both of them have passed. And coming from a family that had everything to a family that didn't have, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law were such wonderful people. They love their kids. They do anything for them. I mean, my father-in-law worked to a pineapple field, maybe the cane field. My mom went to the, my mother-in-law worked in the cane, uh, pineapple field. Every day I'd watch them. They had, I met my husband at the age of 12, walking up Wailai Avenue <laughs> after running away from detention home, which was unheard of then. And I did not go home to see my mom. My mom had, didn't know where I was until I was seven months pregnant with my first child. Because I had known if I had gone home, um, she would have asked me to abort my son. So my doctor, and I'm not going to mention her name, was wonderful. She said, okay, we'll go all the way up to this point, but at this point, we're going to need your mother. And I said, okay. So all along, I'd met my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, a wonderful doctor. And raising my children, and I think that's that was it. Just taking my babies and, and loving them and taking care of them and protecting them. For me, that was a turnaround because it was completely opposite from what I, what, what I had growing up. Meeting my husband, I'm not giving him all the credit though, not all the credit. Um, I'm a monkey, I was born in the year of the monkey and I, I'm a copycat. If you tell me or show me something, I love challenges. So my children, because that's how I learned, considering I only had seventh grade education, <laughs> They come home from school and I go, what are you doing for homework today? You know, what kind of projects are we doing? And, you know, I'd help them with their projects and look at math problems and go, what is that? You know, and my Reggie went to Kamehameha schools in seventh grade. He, had, he was doing trigonometry. So it's like, wow, you know, things I had not even thought of or even come close to in my time in going to school, I got a chance to learn through my children. And when my Reggie went to high school, came the point where all the kids were all in school already, and Russell was, which is my youngest, was nine. And I said, oh, you can only iron so many socks and underwear which is what I was doing. I mean, you can clean house and cook and do laundry and everything else. And it's like, okay, what else do you do with your day? So I took my children's education and said, you know what? 
I need I as I have to go do something for me. You know, I just for myself. And my husband was just adamant about no, you're not gonna go to work. And I said, it's not that I, I we I need to work. I want I want to. You know, and he's an old Filipino style. The husband takes care. You know, and he would is and has been a very good provider. But it was nothing about that. But he didn't understand. So I went to work. You know, I got hired at GTE with the contingency of that I had to go get my GED. So I had take care of my house, which is was mandatory for my husband. You have to take care of the house, go to work, go to night school, because I didn't have a quarter of high school, I had to take a night class. So I did. And I said, okay, fine. And then before you know it, I was making more money than him. <laughs> and his ego got in the way, and he says, okay, fine. You pay all the bills. I was like, okay. And then I started changing you know, my independence where I was totally dependent on my husband. He was my friend, he was my lover, he was all I had, my him and my kids. And then all of a sudden, here I have a checkbook, you know, I'm paying bills, I have my own car, you know, pay for a vacation for the family to go to Disneyland. And I had long hair, my husband had not wanted me to cut my hair and I had it long, six inches past my feet. I hadn't cut my hair in 12 years. When I cut my hair, he had a cow, to say the least. That was a good word. He was so angry at me, but I changed. And not only did I change on the inside, I started changing on the outside. You know, I, now I'm gonna wear high heels why do you need to wear high heels? That was my husband. And we ended up divorcing, my husband and I, who are now my second husband, because we got married again. But we divorced, and that time gave him, him time to appreciate what I was doing. And that it wasn't, I was not being selfish. It wasn't a selfish thing. It was for us, but he didn't see it as that. And it was time for me, too, to grow and get my independence and put into action what my brain was thinking. You know, I, you know I'm good at art. I used to do all kinds of crafts for my children. You know, and I enjoyed that. And now my creativity, which I used to do with my hands, are now coming through my mind which is wonderful for me. It just, today I can say, wow, you know, what a difference. That, and we were divorced for five years. That, in that five years, my husband will tell you how much I've changed. It's amazing. It really is. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. 
After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. This is Raynette Tenay, President and CEO of CNJ Telecommunications. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with President and Chief Executive Officer of CNJ Telecommunications, Raynette Tenay. I'm wondering how open you were in regards to letting your children know that you're learning as they're learning. And um, what kind of opportunity did this um, allow for the relationship to grow together? My daughter, Renee, she is just, she's hysterical. She cracks me up. She had to do a, a project for school in the eighth grade on a book report. And she wanted me to do some, some drawings. And I said, well, go ahead. And she, it was on the Blue Dolphin the book The Blue Dolphin and she got the words you know she says okay mom and I do calligraphy and she says well can you do this you know and I said sure and I did the title and then before you know it can you draw a dolphin I said yeah look at that picture you can kind of you know figure it out and she says no 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 you, you go ahead and she'd sit there and watch me and go, Mama, how, how do you do that? You look at the picture and, you know, there's a nose and, you know, there's the tail. And she and I are such good friends, besides mom and, mom and daughter. You know, I, I still can tell her off, you know. I'm still mommy, you know. I, I, I can still be firm about things. But she and I are really good friends good friends and taking what I learned from them and they knew that they my Reggie knew because I go sit he used to play the tuba <laughs> my Reggie <laughs> you wouldn't believe that Jeff actually all of, pound Reggie. all of my children played the tuba all of them every one I don't understand I think it's the Filipino lips no really and Ryan is not built small. He's not built like Reggie. <laughs> not, yeah. That's right. And I'd sit there and I'd 
go figure out the notes. And he says, Mom, what are you doing? So I'm reading your notes. And he says, why? I said, because I want to know. You know, if you hit this button, what note is that? And he'd go, you want to play the tuba? I said, no. I just want to read the notes. And by reading his notes, I taught myself how to play the piano. So, you know, I benefited a lot from my children's education just by the simplest things. Business-wise, how were you able to develop your business and continue to bring new things on and grow it to where it is today? First and foremost is my family. They have been, because we're 24 hours, it's so difficult to have good people that you can depend on. You know, the system goes down. What, what do we do? You know, and with Katrina, whatever what happened with Katrina and all that hurricane area, having to put in disaster plans, if it weren't for my children as my team, they're my team, and I depend on them when I leave town, when I'm hospitalized or when situations happen, I depend on them to continue doing what needs to be done and transition. You know, it's like I'm not even missed. You know, it's my daughter will take my seat and say, okay, this is what needs to happen. If something is brewing on my many pots that's on my desk, she'll take and prioritize what needs to happen if I'm not there. And Reggie will take the financial stuff of it, the technical, anything that happens with our system, and he'll just take it from there. How was that able to happen, though? Was it like when you raised him, you said, okay, kind of, I expect you to do this? Or was it something that because you developed together your leadership, your education, it's something that just developed organically together, the family and the business? I think that's what it is, is because we are so close. Even my Ryan. Ryan lives in Sacramento, and he works for a company that does technical things for the United States government. And I'm going to leave it at that. He, too, is like me. He is a monkey. And he'll call me and he'll tell me, Mama, you wouldn't believe what I did today. He, too, not educated, did not go to college. You know, but he sits on the defense for the United States, making decisions of what needs to go on Air Force One. And Reggie, who I thought was going to be a doctor, you know, he went to college for eight years doing nothing. You mean undergrad? Undergrad, going, you know, eight (laughs) years, still going to college. And I said, you know what, son, you are so technically minded. Why don't you come and work for me? I want to work for you, Mom. Why? Why don't you want to work for me? I've heard what Renee, Renee's told me, nightmares. I said, come on, it can't be that bad. And But I do. I do put my foot down. And it's hard to transition between personal and business. You know, when we walk in the door, I always tell them, 
when I walk in the door, they still call me mom when we're only the, the only ones around. But if other employees walk in, they call me Raynette, like everybody else does. You know, and I, and I emphasize to them, it is so important. If you're angry at me because of a personal situation, that cannot interrupt the business. And I have final say when it comes to the business. I kind of put my foot down, you know. Not saying that it's all me. You know, we do talk about growth. And, you know, right now we're in the process of looking for a warehouse to expand fulfillment because that's how much we've grown. If that happens, it happens, but it's something that we need to research. And, you know, we get together and we agree and, you know, and sometimes we disagree. And they bring a lot of good knowledge to the table. And sometimes what I think is not good and what they think is better. So knowing where to draw the line it's important. This nepotism is, is probably the hardest thing. And there are a lot of call centers on the mainland that are run by families. You know, mommy does this and brother or sister does that. But we're different here. I'm going to a conference in Colorado with a group of call centers that are run by family. That's the subject. And we email each other and crack up. I crack up listening to their horror stories. And I think first and foremost is that line, you know, once you open the door, that's the separation. And if you cannot make that separation, then you need to go home. You need to just leave and say, today I can't work because the personal stuff is going to get in the way. Then. When that happens, the company runs smoother. The employees know when something is going on, and they react when something is going on. And their ability to do their job is affected. So it's important for us to know where that line is. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.